The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and I'm relaxed. Are you? Not really. Are you relaxed? No. 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 I mean, we, uh, we've been doing this via Skype lately, this and also uh, Two Guys, One Cup, our AFL podcast, and uh, you're standing all the time. Like, I've actually been, people have been asking about you, people, you know, friends of ours, concerned about your health. They ask, how Will's going? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he has not sat down in close to two months. Is that correct? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Two months of not sitting down. In fact, the only time I've sat down has been on planes or like in cabs and whatever to get to an airport because I've had to travel a little bit. And it has been an absolute nightmare. I caught the plane back from uh, Canada, uh, from the Montreal, just from last festival. And I was in so much pain. I bought myself a little pillow, this like little sort of like, you know, foam pillow thing to put behind my back. And I'm sitting in my seat and I'm sweating. You know, when you're in so much pain that like you're concentrating on just like being cool that you're sweating yeah. from the pain. Yeah, so I'm just sitting. Yeah. For just, just the sheer force of will is pushing liquid out of the pores in your skin. I know exactly what that feeling is. It's right. kind of like when you are trying to hold on from going to the bathroom. It's like if I just tense every single muscle in my body, I can stop this from happening. Yeah, in fact, it was like I needed to go to the bathroom and I thought the only way to stop that was if I could get all the piss to evaporate through my skin. (laughs) That was like the amount of sweat I had. And it was a really, because it had been quite a warm day, but I'd been in the airport for ages. The sweat was definitely from the pain. And um, Mm. I'm sitting on the plane and it's blasting aircon because it's like a really hot day, but I'm like sweating, like I'm, you know, like sus. And I'm like, oh my God, there's going to be another airport incident, right? And then sit then uh, sit down next to me, none other than uh, a Futurama and uh, son of Anarch- Sons of Anarchy's own, uh, Katie Siegel, Katie Seagal. What's her Wow. Yeah. She's so, I had to pull my shit together. I had to pull my shit together because I didn't want to be like the weird sweaty guy next to, in, in the next Katie Seagal anecdote on, not, on like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, like someone who plays a one-eyed alien on Futurama is going to go, you want to know something really weird? This dude next to me would not stop sweating. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this whole not being able to sit down thing, it's kind of like an ironic punishment. If it was an episode of The Twilight Zone where there was a guy in a wheelchair and he's like, all I want to do is just be able to stand up and walk around. like, And then he gets to stand up and walk around, but the twist is that he can never sit down again. That's That's what's happened to you. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah, if it was the Twilight Zone, it'd be about the stand-up comedian whose thing was that he was only able to stand up. Yeah, Like, he brilliant. sold his soul to be a stand-up comedian, but the twist was that he had to forevermore only stand up. What do you miss most about sitting down? Like, Everything it, about it, it. Every yeah, single right. thing about it. Like, I can't understand... You don't understand how much I'm fetishizing sitting down now. 
Like it's oh my God. like honestly, you forget how boring just standing up all the time is. Like heaps of yeah. the good things you do, like you sit down to do, and part of what's good about them is sitting down. Hey, guess what, mm. Charlie? It turns out that watching the football on your computer that's balanced on some fucking cookbooks, like because you can only stand up, is nowhere near as fun as sitting down on the couch and watching the football. What about lying on your front if you lay on your stomach like a teenage girl looking through her albums, talking to a friend on the phone? Can you do that? Yeah, I can lay on my front, like I can lay down on my front, but what I could not do is bend my body up to look at things. So <laughs> the TV would have to be, if I could get my next door neighbor to put a hole in our floor and I could lay like sort of massage bed style, right? If I could like yeah. have a, oh, so if I had a massage bed and it had a TV under where you put mm. your head in the massage hole, I could do that. So that's what I need. That's actually, that's actually genius. Like someone, <laughs> someone should make that. Like I've never thought about that before, but it's like, of course it's nice to kind of bliss out when you're getting a massage and stuff. But if I could bliss out and, you know, watch a couple episodes of my ta- favorite TV show as well, <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet as well. Why haven't they done that? Surely someone's done that. I mean, that's a really good point because now at the dentist and stuff, they'll play your videos and yeah. stuff to distract you. You can't tell me there's not a market, particularly for your early morning business person. So like someone yeah. who's going in to get a massage because they're working like the Wolf of Wall Street and they need to get a massage mm. be- before their big day on the stock market, but they still want to be there in the morning catching up on the morning news and checking the markets and stuff there's got to be like you know you get down you do the massage but they've got the tv screens there yeah it makes a lot of sense i mean Gemma, often when we're watching tv will plop herself in front of me to get a quick little neck rub so it doesn't seem to you know distract her the tv actually it seems to go hand in hand where she's watching her favorite show and getting a neck rub i've never thought about this before i actually find often i get bored during a massage and, you know, my mind starts to wander anyway. If I could watch some, like, season highlights of my favourite show, that'd be amazing. Well, how about this, Charlie? Uh, yeah. Obviously, one of the biggest problems facing the uh, film industry is that people aren't going out to cinemas anymore. How about you introduce massage sessions? So, basically, yeah. because you've got all these empty rows anyway, so that's the perfect place for someone to be behind you. So, you could introduce, mm. like, a segment where you're, like, if you go in Tuesday at 11, it's a massage one, and, like, someone will come and sit behind you, you can watch, like, your movie, and you get a massage at the same time. I actually think we're thinking the wrong way around. I think rather than bringing entertainment to massage, we should bring massage to more events. Like, you think about like nowadays when you are waiting for a coffee or you're on the way to the airport or something, the first thing you do is whip out your phone and you start scrolling through social media. But if in those times instead I could get a neck rub or some kind of ha- hand massage would be the best. Like it's a half an hour cab ride to the airport in Melbourne. If I could just get a little hand massage on the way out there, not from the driver, that, that, that seems like it's too much multitasking going on. But if there was a qualified masseuse in the back seat and for an extra... 10 bucks on top of your cab ride, you could get a hand massage. I'd be down with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an added extra that you put in. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be I... like being in a club in the, in, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, where everyone was on ecstasy and giving each other hand massages. <laughs> I'm totally, I miss those days. I'm totally down with that. <laughs> yeah, but I think that would be a really nice thing you could offer in a fancy place if there was a line or something. You would go along and you would offer hand massages. Yeah, <laughs> although I guess there's certain places, like if you're at the football, like last year we went to the grand final, very tense for you because your team was playing in the first grand yep. final ever, well, since 1957, first grand final you'd ever seen. In those moments of tension in the third quarter where the game was in the balance, if someone had reached over and started giving you like quite a decent shoulder rub, 
Would that have been welcome or do you think that would have been like too distracting? How about it's the actual uh, same masseuses and doctors that work on the players? Yes. Because so they've got in-between times because they're not always working on the players, right? So if yeah. there's times during the game that the massage table's empty and like Dr. Gary Zimmerman, for example, is there with his big mustache <laughs> and he's not working on any of the Bulldogs players. I mean, I do you feel like... You get to go I, down. Yeah, yeah. You can just pop down, give, give Zimmer like 200 cash. And he just yeah. works on your shoulders. Well, I think what they should do is like, you know, the three-minute angels? They're those guys, you bring oh, yeah. them into office buildings and stuff, and they'll go around and for like, you know, give it a little three-minute neck rub. So I reckon you just give all the, the, the medical staff at the football clubs those three-minute angel T-shirts. So if there is downtime, maybe at halftime, like, you know, you'll send a couple of people in to work on some hamstrings, but then send a few out to your members. Give them a few little, little neck rubs, a little bit of a temple rub. Well, that'd just be a service that you could offer. Like, I went to this nightclub once in Canada, actually in Montreal. I just got back from Montreal, but this was probably seven or eight years ago. And we ended up going out to this nightclub that only opened, I think, at midnight and went through until about midday the next day. And they did not serve any alcohol in this club, Charlie. They just served Mm. energy drinks. And um, there was four floors of people who were partying on no alcohol and... Just energy drinks, Charlie. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Man, did they love those energy drinks. <laughs> Sometimes they go to the bathroom two or three at a time to have some more energy drinks. <laughs> right. And um, on one of the floors, uh, they, they had massage tables. So you're in the middle of this nightclub, but you would take off your shirt and they would have these like incredibly good looking people giving you like massages for the people who were enjoying their energy drinks and felt like it'd be a really good idea to get a massage from a hot person. So it, it was free? Like, or did you pay? I, you I pay. imagine at, at an event like that where everyone's on energy drinks, yeah. that there'd be quite a few people that would be, come, come say 4 or 5am, there's going to be a lot of people wanting massages, right? Here's what I would say is, like it was about, I guess it was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I had my, I, uh, I, I had been enjoying the energy drinks and I thought, I'm at a nightclub <laughs> where I can get a massage, I'm not going to go beyond this opportunity. So I went, there was a couple of things they had, they had a sensory deprivation thing where you would like... Uh, <laughs> Essentially, it's a coffin. Let's call it what it is. No, it was something where you put like some blackout thing on and then like a guy with vibrating hands ran his vibrating hands all over your body. Like, and you saw... What? No, Will, that's saw... not sensory deprivation. That's a molestation tank. Sorry. Molest... Yeah, yeah, you, you, go, no, you right. go into this uh, brick cubicle and you close your eyes and some guy with gloves would come out and put his hands all over you. Well, that's not sensory deprivation if he's touching you, Will. <laughs> that's, a, that's like sensory overload, really. Sorry, they had a molestation tank. They had, <laughs> they had this oxygen swing where you would sit on this swing and you would like pipe fr- like fresh oxygen. I mean, I, yeah. So I did them all because I've never been in a nightclub that had those things. So I was like, I'm going to try all these things. You know that sounds fantastic. So yeah, and it, I got a was massage. It a, was it was it a nightclub or like a dance party, like an Earthcore kind of energy drink dance party? No, no, Sponsored no, no, no. Monster, it was like four floors nightclub. Like one was Amazing. sort of techno, one was like sort of I would say American sort of hip hop sort of music, and they all you could definitely tell as you went from one level to the other, like the different sort of crowds and the different sort of vibe. But the whole place yeah. was off their head on energy drinks. That sounds great. Like, I'm at an age now where clubs are extremely annoying. But 
I would be willing to go to a club like that. That sounds because there's enough stuff there. Like you know, I've just uh, come back from Splendor three, well, two weeks ago, three three day festival at Splendor, and I was like, oh man, like by day three, I'm like, I just can't. I don't have the I don't have the stamina for this anymore. I'm not young and dumb enough to enjoy this. I'm I've too old and I've seen the comforts of life. I know the comforts of life that that can be available to me, and they seem better than trudging around in the cold, like from muddy paddock to muddy paddock. Well, you know but, what you need. You know what you need, Charlie, uh, to give you that stamina. <laughs> Energy, Energy drinks. drinks. <laughs> I think. Look, you know, since we've joined Planet Broadcasting, we're all about like monetizing this show. I feel like. Yeah. We should get a we should get a, a sponsor, an energy drink sponsor. Yeah, an energy drink dealer. I mean sponsor. I mean provider. Yeah. <laughs> On board. There was an article in the um, uh, 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 Sydney Morning Herald a few days ago about a big drug bust that happened in Sydney. Uh, you know, I think it was coke dealers uh, been working with cab drivers to distribute cocaine around um, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Poor cab drivers. Was- They're just looking for any way to still be relevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The problem. I, People I, were ordering. The Uber, the Uber drug dealers are much cheaper. I want to see the footage from the meeting where they've been tossing around ideas. They're like, guys, we're really getting killed by Uber. What can we do to compete? And one guy's like, well, we'll just have to lower the costs. I'm sorry, that's the only way can we compete. And someone else is like, we've just got to update our app. You know, we've got to be competitive in the app space. And someone else is like, so my cousin Vinny has an idea. <laughs> This article, though, they were sort of talking about like, because um, whenever they do these stories about like a big drug bust or whatever, and they'll normally talk about um, who has been serviced by these drugs. And it's always written in the same kind of breathless way where it's like, well, not only was it they going out to the Western suburbs, but, you know, significant uh, Eastern suburbs like corporate medical and uh, uh, celebrity identities were buying drugs. And it's like, are we still having this discussion where we assume that only like bad people take drugs? Like... We're past that now, right? We realize that everyone takes drugs. Like, whether well, they're prescription or, or illegal, like, it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere, at every level of society, people take drugs. No, I'm not saying that everybody takes drugs. Clearly, not everybody takes drugs. Plenty of people at every level of society choose not to take drugs. But at every level of society, people are taking drugs. And there are high-functioning and low-functioning people at every level of those societies. And sometimes they're the same people, depending on what day it is. But the big one is, are they shocked that celebrities are taking drugs? Because if <laughs> celebrities are famous for anything more than being famous, it's for taking drugs. <laughs> like, don't be shocked when celebrities are taking drugs. Well, even it's, or, or, or athletes are always like uh, footballers, like high-profile footballers is like, Come on, like, do we really have short memories? Is, it that, is that the thing that we don't think back to literally like last year or six months ago? Oh, yeah, I'm really shocked that these footballers are taking drugs. I guess the only clue I had was all those other times footballers were caught having drugs. <laughs> but they also talked about in this article, which I loved, that there was code. Like, that, you know, people would order a cab, but there would be a code behind the cab. Now... I imagine it was no more sophisticated than, hey, uh, could you bring over some energy drinks <laughs> to my place? I'd like to, I'm going to the airport. I'd really love some energy drinks yeah. along the way. My guy like, was like, the- I've got some friends over and we would like three energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. Like the guys, I'm assuming these calls are monitored by the police or whatever. That's how they, they track these guys down. But like... Do you think they have to bring in a code breaker for that? Like, if they're interpreting all these text messages and calls, and it's like, hey, um, you know, we're out in Bondi, we need uh, six energy drinks, uh, there's a couple of footballers having a party. Do you think that the police then need to verify that with their code breakers? Or are they able to go, 
Hey guys, um, either these footballers are getting six uh, cans of Monster Energy drink delivered, or there's something there's something else going on. Do you think you need to run that past anybody? Like the code breakers? Is Benedict Cumberbatch there? Like they're breaking the code for him? Well, that's what I would like to think that when you join that department, they're the sort of codes you think you'll be breaking. But mostly you go, hang on, don't you reckon it's pretty weird that this guy who drives from suburb to suburb constantly is being asked for people to come to their house for one drink or two drinks? Do you guys reckon (laughs) there's anything sus about the fact that this guy got 90 messages today that said, would you like to come to my house for somewhere between one and three drinks? I don't know. (laughs) Do we need to toss it down to the code department or do we reckon we can have a guess at this one? I mean, it it could turn out that this guy is just simply the most popular moderate drinker in all of Sydney. (laughs) It's like he'll never go more than three drinks, but everyone wants to see him on a Friday and Saturday night. He's actually on the world's most consistent pub crawl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another article um, I came across, Will, which I actually thought would be pertinent to TOEFOP interest. Now, okay, this happened about a, a, a month ago. Um, I'm not sure if you were across this story, um, but I'll read you uh, the headline. Uh, this is by Nick Pearson. This is on the Ch- uh, Channel 9 website. Club goers in a compromising position when shot by police. Mm -hmm. So this is dated the 8th of July, 2017. The owner of a Melbourne nightclub where two guests were shot by police says the man accused of pointing a gun at police was totally unarmed at the time. Furthermore, she said the two party goers at the swingers costume party Mm -hmm. were in a compromising position when they were shot at about 3am this morning. In a post on Facebook earlier today, Martha Samus said staff at Inflation Nightclub on King Street did not call police or feel any need to, but a call was made to the police after somebody mistook the man's toy gun for the real thing. This is a quote from her. No patron at the event came to us to inform our staff or security of this concern, but apparently made an anonymous triple zero call to police. Security had no concerns prior to the incident and advised police on attendance that they were more than happy to deal with any issues. But police rejected this advice, stormed in, fired three shots and a taser, with the outcome being two people suffering gunshot wounds. Staff said the man shot in the torso was not holding a toy gun at the time. Another quote, Venue staff have stated that the male victim was not holding anything in his hand, but rather he was in a compromising position with his female partner, which is a normal activity at the nature of this event. Same as said the venue's Saints and Sinners event had been held for about 20 years without incident. Now, here's where it gets very toe-foppy. The male victim, who was dressed as Batman villain the Joker, is currently in serious condition. His partner, who was dressed as Harley Quinn, is in a stable condition after suffering a, shun- a-, 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 suffering a gunshot wound to her leg. Now, do you think the fact that he was dressed like the Joker, that when these police stormed in on an anonymous tip... Do you think that played a part in their reaction? Well, firstly, I've heard the, the call that was the anonymous tip and it sounded like this. It was like, there's something going on in inflation. No. <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> the Joker's getting sucked off in the back room. Shoot him. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing I quite like about this, is at least the two patrons were being kind of canon consistent. It wasn't like the Joker was making out with, uh, you know, the Black Widow or something. Oh, they yeah, stuck right. it within the... De- they stuck it with... Well, uh, I could probably choose better words, but they were sticking to <laughs> the, the DC universe. 
I mean, is there any chance that the guy at the police had just seen Suicide Squad and were reacting directly to Jared Leto's performance? Ah, now that's a good question because it doesn't say what version of the Joker he was dressed as. Because I, I don't think if you're storming into a place like that and you see Cesar Romero's Joker or even Jack Nicholson's <laughs> Joker, like you don't immediately reach for your gun, do you? Because they're kind of adorable, adorable versions of the Joker. The Heath Ledger one is very unnerving and the Jared Leto one is just so annoying. <laughs> I reckon you go straight for the handgun then. Okay, I've got a heap of questions about this story. Yeah. Um, but one of them is... So this ball's been going on for 20 years at this nightclub. Saints and the Saints and Sinners ball, yeah. And apparently, like, you're allowed to just, what, fuck at the nightclub? Well, uh, Michael, well, can you just... Compromising position can... means something sexual, right? That's what, that's yeah. the... Yeah, Michael, if you can just Google the Saints and Sinners ball in Australia for us and bring up some information, that might enlighten us. But uh, so I assume from... From the coverage I have read, that they were engaged in a sexual act. So whether or not like Harley was servicing the Joker or the Joker was servicing Harley, who knows? But it was enough for the police to feel like they had to shoot him. So. I mean, it'd be great if the Joker was going down on Harley Quinn and as they shot him, he just turned around and said, want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> It's also the idea of, um, like, I know you are not a fan of a fancy dress party, right? No. You don't like the idea of dressing up for a party. But the idea idea of dressing dressing up to then get undressed, to me, seems like, oh, what a waste of time. Like, it sounds like this couple went to a lot of trouble. If they were a convincing Joker and Harley, that seems like a lot of effort to then get naked again. It's like, I don't want to go go to all that effort. I would pick something. If it was me going to this swingers ball, I would pick something that is easy to, like, I would just go as Tony Abbott and his budgie smugglers, for instance. Because that way, you know what I mean? It's, they're going to be coming off anyway. I don't have to actually get undressed that much. And there's clearly nowhere to hide a toy gun, so I'm not going to get shot by the police. All right, yeah. well, we've got plus some... Plus, it's a good... We've got, I, I was go going to say, plus, it's a good thing for the swingers ball because it's saints and sinners. So you're going, coming as a sinner and you're going as Tony Abbott, who's the guy who fucked all Australians. So it's perfect. Like that could be your line that you use when you go up to people and then you can offer them an onion. Okay, so uh, we've got the Saints and Sinners Ball Frequently Asked Questions page up. Would you you like to have your your cues aid? Yeah, I'd love to have my cues aid, which I believe is something they would probably let me do on the dance floor at the Saints and Sinners Ball. How many, like there's a few questions and answers. Can you run us through them? Okay, so the first one uh, is Ball FAQ, which again... Sounds pretty dirty in itself. The Saints and Sinners Ball is a fun party aimed at broad-minded adults. The detailed guide below will answer most common questions. We ask you to read this guide before deciding to attend because the Saints and Sinners Ball is an adult event and in inverted commas, not for everyone. When, Why is when they say, commas? When they say, firstly, that's the theme of this podcast, not for everyone, so it's sad that we didn't get an <laughs> invite. Secondly, when they say broad-minded people, do, do, do you think they mean people who have an interest in AFL and also in world politics or... Is that some no, other euphemism? No. I think it's people who uh, won't be upset when they see multiple sexual partners at the same time. Right. All right. General information. The Saints and Sinners invites fun couples who agree to the terms and conditions of an adult event. Keeping in mind, many of our guests are sexually uninhibited. There you go. Okay. This includes dressing in erotic outfits, which are themed, and accepting what happens the night as adult fun. 
Arrival, what happens? Guests arrive from 8.30pm onwards, enjoying drinks and a chat at the bar to relax and loosen up. Okay, so here's what I'm firstly going to say is that like, this, where's Inflation Nightclub? Is it in the city? I assume so. It sounds like a King Street club. Yeah, okay. So let's imagine it's kind of in the King Street district in Melbourne, right? And yeah. so are you getting an Uber in? Are you getting a cab in? Because I can't imagine you're driving into the Saints and Sinners, right? No, you get it. Yeah, you get an Uber. And you go in costume? You go in Saint and Sinners costume? Cause 100%. Well, because Harley Quinn and the Joker, that's fine. But I imagine some of the costumes might even be a little more risque than that. Oh, you'd wear an overcoat, right? Like right. if you're going in your biker leathers, you're wearing an overcoat. I and reckon. every perv owns an overcoat. We all know that. And uh, I think also that being in Melbourne, and if this happened in July, that's cold. So no matter okay, what true. you're wearing. That's a good point. Um, actually answers our, uh, the next line answers our, answers our question. You arrive in street clothes. Oh. You present your tickets at reception where you'll be escorted to the changing area. This is where you are required and they've italicized that. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a rule that cannot be broken. You are required to change your erotic outfit. So you just, who hates dress up parties, yeah. who will do the bare minimum, like you'll just put on, you'll put on a sheet and go, well, I'm the ghost of Elvis or whatever. Not good enough, mate. Like you're going to have to put in some effort here. Personal belongings and day clothes are then checked into our cloakroom for security. Saints and Sinners closes around 4.30am where sinners may move on to any one of the many after parties and STD clinics. No, that I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so firstly, I want to say hats off, kudos to the person yep. who did the uh, Frequently Asked Questions page here on the Saints and Sinners because you literally answered the first question that we had. Like, I mean, brilliantly <laughs> done. Like, well done. Yeah, you've gotten the mind of Tofop, which is terrifying. Yep. Okay, venue. Saints and Sinners are held in venues, clubs, where we can guarantee security, privacy, and a relaxed atmosphere. To ensure the security at the exact location is not disclosed until a few days before the ball when the pre-book okay. tickets are sent out. Okay. So I don't think, it's, I don't think inflation's a permanent venue. But right. that's obviously got to be a negotiation. When you are booking the venue for your event, I assume you have to... It would be an OH&S issue, right? Like... You can't walk around certain nightclubs or bars with open toe shoes. So if you're going to have a bunch of people running around with bits hanging out, like that's got to be a that's got to be special circumstances, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No open toe shoes, guys. Oh, your open cock pants. <laughs> that's no fine. worries. Arseless, arseless chaps, no problem. Venues are temperature controlled. But staff as well. Like, <laughs> oh god, sorry. <laughs> Which is. Obviously for shrinkage, you're coming off like, a, you know, King Street is very close to Docklands. You get that real freezing cold wind at night whipping there. You, you don't want any shrinkage. Venues are temperature controlled. But then again, the activity is going to make you really hot and sweaty. You're going to get to Will Anderson territory where you start sweating like a madman. I don't know about that. You, you, need, a, you need alternating You want everybody to like want to take their clothes off at some stage, I imagine, though. So I think yeah, but not too sweaty and stinky, right? Well, no, it's not like Bikram Yoga. Like they they yeah. do it in a Bikram Yoga studio. <laughs> then use a temperature control with the normal facilities you would expect to sit in a nightclub, like bars and toilets. Good. The front door and reception area is patrolled by security personnel, leading to a changing area and a secure cloakroom. All right, how about this, Will? My costume is I dress like a security guard, a sexy security guard. Just to really throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, okay. well, that, that would be a good costume for me, actually, because it's pretty simply like what I wear normally, which would be black pants, some sort of black top, and all I'd need is a little clip-on number that says 69, and I'd be like, that's, that's my bit. I'm the security uh, guard. That's security it. Security guard 69. That's perfect. 
69. I didn't even think of that. That's great. So what happens on the night? The music and stage entertainment starts early, including strippers and erotic acts, followed by loads of dirty dancing. I mean, they're really putting on a front street, isn't there? There's no kind of like, let's ease into it. Like, not even like listen to some, like, let's listen to some Maxwell's, Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite first to get into it. Bang, straight to the strippers and the erotic acts. I don't well, know about what, that. What I, what I like is maybe they go with the strippers and the erotic acts straight away. But then when they say, and then plenty of dirty dancing, they mean everybody sits down and watches the movie Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and the sequel and the remake. Havana Nights. We encourage everyone to join in the fun and competitions. Oh, there's competitions. Oh, hello. Like what, like what kind of competitions do you think there'd be? It's like, I mean, I guess in this scenario, Toss the Boss has a completely different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not forgetting that everyone is in the erotic outfit competition. You may even oh, win. Yeah. Well, and that's where your security guard with a 69 badge is going to come home strong. Well, also, I would have hoped that your Joker and Harley Quinn would have polled pretty well in your best costume because if they've polled well enough to get the cops to shoot them, like, I mean, how... <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got to at least win best costume. I hope when they woke up in the hospital, their friends were able to say to them, we've got some bad news, but we've got some good news. <laughs> Remember, just about anything goes. There are open areas where people are talking, dancing, drinking, meeting, feeling, and dot, dot, dot. There are more secluded areas where people can play a little more discreetly. All right. Well, I'm down with that. Look, I'll be honest with you, Will. I'm not really an exhibitionist when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'd be curious to maybe stick my head in. And if I did get into that kind of mood, I would want to go to somewhere where I could shut a door, I think. A secluded area. You'd want a secluded area. Uh, can I get a door that locks? So that would be against the rules, right? I mean... I mean, I guess, I guess the whole point is to have people can come take a bow peep if they want. Yeah, I was about to say, stay at home, idiot. Stop spoiling our yeah. party. <laughs> <laughs> there are dance podiums for those who like to exhibit themselves. Oh, yeah. The B&D area is always busy with resident masters and mistresses administering their pleasure. I love that after 20 years I've worked at the B&D area. It's kind of like when you go to a music festival, they say like... Look, you know, the, the, the bar service is, 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 is really busy, so we just recommend you buy a lot of tokens ahead of time. <laughs> B&D tokens. They don't take or cash. I reckon, I reckon the B&D area, it's more, like, it's, like, it's more like the people who go to the big day out but only get fucked up and go to the doof tent. Yeah, totally. Do you know what Yeah, I mean? exactly. Like yeah. you have one friend, you all go to this like swingers party together, but there's one friend that you see at the start of the day and you all went there together, you all met up together, <laughs> you all went there in the car together and then as soon as you get there, they just go off and spend the entire day in the B&D tent and they have a really different night to you on the way home, yeah, like totally. you just had real different festivals. That's right, you only see them again at like 3am when it's time to go and they look messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's also one of those things where I'm assuming your ticket, when you purchase the ticket, all this stuff would be included because there's not a lot of place to carry cash once you're in there, right? Well, I mean, your costume can have pockets. Yeah, but I mean, your costume may consist of just like a G-string. Where are you carrying cash there? I, I would say all this would have to be included. In fact, we yeah, may maybe it's like, well, yeah, that, that is a frequently asked question. Do, do, do they answer that question? What's included well, we'll in the price? It. How much does it cost? Well, before we get to that, this, this, this next question I think is more pertinent to a couple of squares like you and I. Okay. Do we have to be involved or do anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> for Will and Charlie, the two laziest men on the planet who can't even be bothered getting involved in an orgy? Uh, the answer is no. You are free to do what you like, provided you are dressed according to the strict dress policy, which is a real challenge for you because I know how much you hate dress-ups. Like, you may be curious to just sit around and do nothing. No, I've got my Security Guard 69 costume on. So you're okay with that? I mean, I guess you dress all in black pretty much anyway, so it's It's not that much of a change. This is really easy. You can make the badge after your experience doing it for the live show, Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) If you prefer to watch others dance, drink, chat, the choice is yours. What to wear. Each ball has a dress theme. It's a bit weird if you're just watching other people chat, though, just for the record. Don't don't ruin the party by sitting around watching other people chat. Yeah, you can do that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, What to wear. Each ball has a dress theme, and there's an asterisk, which leads us to the... Uh, not on New Year's Eve. So I guess New Year's Eve, the New, Year, New Year's Eve orgy is not themed or I don't know what that means. Use your imagination and have fun dressing for the theme, but the costume must be erotic in some way. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back to your security guard thing. Is, does the 69 count as a, a, a touch of eroticism? 69. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's you I can see you that's you at the front door they're refusing you entry and you're just pointing at the number just repeating 69 though yeah uh, Mr Anderson um, we really would love uh, you to attend this party but that that really doesn't quite count as, uh, as erotic dude read my badge 69 okay you get it thank you let me in let me in <laughs> you get it. that's when you get tasered <laughs> remember it's saints and sinners so be daring we remind every guest that erotic dress is obligatory and part of the entry requirements. Now, is there a problem here? Are they opening themselves up for litigation? Because could you be discriminated against? Like your version of erotic. Like right. if, I, if I came from, uh, if I, I'm a time traveler who came in from Victorian times and my wife and I wanted to attend this and she was showing a delectable bit of ankle, that is our erotic dress. But they're not going to let us in, are they? Uh, so you're, you're saying like, if, for example, to modernise this, could you get mm. like a racial discrimination case if you were some, some sort of very strict Muslim or Jewish yes. person who like considered like, you know, people showing, women showing their flesh. You're like, <laughs> I mean, it'd be weird that you wanted to go to a Saints and Sinners ball, but you know, we all <laughs> understand the hypocrisies involved in many religions. <laughs> but you're yeah. like, for us, this is erotic. <laughs> Okay, they've actually given more specific dress okay, uh, uh, dress recommendations. So, cool. women dress in lingerie and see-through garments. Men wear g-strings with jackets or vests. Oh, <laughs> uh, why? I mean, like if I'm wearing a g-string, what's the jacket gonna do? Like, I mean, like, what is the point of that? Like, it's like it's yeah. saying we've got standards, but mate, his cocks out. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, and people are fucking clearly in the club and stuff. Like, I love this kind of pretense. You're like, well, you just, you've still got to wear a jacket. Do you? Yeah. My cock's out. <laughs> it's also the weird thing of, I guess you know what it is, is that men, there's no equivalent of lingerie for men. Like, women can dress erotically with some really fancy kind of underwear and stuff. But what do we got? Like, we choose between boxes or briefs. Like, that's really, so they're like, well... You, you need to put in the same effort as the girls. If they're going to like put on some fancy, expensive lingerie, then at least put on a jacket or a vest. 
I would like I would like to go in with like a vest, but like just a sweater vest, like something that your grandpa might wear, like almost like a sleeveless cardigan. <laughs> would that count? Well, the thing about it too is that it isn't it ruining the the look up the top. Like the idea of a woman in a shirt and then like in like a G string or something, that's like quite sexy. But I don't think mm. I've ever met a woman who's like, you know what the best look of, with a guy in a, like a jacket and a shirt is? When he's not wearing yeah. any pants and he's just shit yeah. hanging out. That's what I like of that I, look. I mean, you know what that look suggests to me? That you uh, have dementia. I mean, I remember when I was living in Melbourne years ago, walking down the street and seeing this old man walking down the street towards me who was wearing like jumper shirt, hat, no pants, socks and shoes and he was just like strolling down the street obviously clearly had just you know had some kind of mental block where he'd forgotten to put on his pants and i remember looking at that going oh man that poor guy or he was on his way to one of these saints and sinners parties and he hadn't read the faq about how you get dressed there granddad (laughs) you get dressed there there's a room you come in your street clothes oh they give some more more tips for men if you want to eroticize it no men wear wear g-strings with jackets or vests and in brackets, occasionally the dreaded boxer shorts. So I think what they're saying there is they'll accept boxer shorts. Okay. But it's not really, the, that's not the sexiest option. Leathers, chains, feathers, see through garments, and even naked bodies are permissible. So essentially, anything that a WWE wrestler might wear to the ring. <laughs> what if I came in, Charlie, and I'm wearing, if I, I'm in a pluck a duck outfit? No, but let me let me rename this. Will it's not Pluck a Duck? Can you guess what I'm going to call him? (laughs) So I'm in my Fuck a Duck outfit. (laughs) No, no, that's disgusting. I was going to say Pluck a Bird. Jeez, Will. So he's got his vest on. So he's already got the. He's got a tiny vest (laughs) (laughs) off the top. (laughs) And. He is naked from the waist down, right? I love it. But I could also make the argument that that's feathers and feathers was acceptable. So I could walk around that party at the Saints and Sinners in a, in calling myself Fuck a Duck. That's my second choice outfit. So okay. it's, either, it's either Security Guard 69 or Fuck a Duck. They're my two outfit choices. Full length pants are not allowed unless they are chaps or fully see-through. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, can you get transparent pants? I guess you can. Yeah, sure. I mean... From the transparent pants store? I mean, I imagine you can. Like, I imagine... They're really... I, hard. I've never been I mean, in I the think, market for them, but I imagine you can. A bit, I must be, like, annoying, though, to be in that store on the rack because you can barely see where the clothes are because you're looking straight through them. I seem to be, like, a rain slicker kind of deal, right? Like, it'd just be clear plastic... Um, but full-length pants are not allowed unless they're chaps or see-through. Does that mean you can wear shorts? Could I wear, like, John Cena-style cut-off denims? Yeah, I reckon people would be into that. If I had the butt cut out. Yeah. Yeah, you have to cut the butt out of your denims. All right. There's a little, um, I guess it's just like a little subheading underneath uh, what to wear. And it, and it says, it's, in, it's in red, and it's bold, and it says, Be daring and have fun. Well... I think you qualify with your duck outfit. Um, next question. Will I feel out of place wearing dot, dot, dot? So in your case, will I feel out of place wearing my pluck a duck costume? Yeah. Provided whatever you're wearing is naughty, then the answer is no in capitals. Right. Well, so, in that case, it's not pluck a duck, it's fuck a duck. 
All right, great. Very much part of every ball is dressing up for the night and the excitement you get from wearing something you would not normally wear outside of the bedroom. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you're wearing that anywhere else. Like, I think that's, you know, we're specifically gearing our outfits for this event. I don't know if this is something that, in fact, I'm pretty sure I'd be divorced if I tried to wear that in the bedroom. Yeah, well, maybe that's your fantasy. You're like, hey, uh, Jim, I got this uh, fantasy. Um, I want to dress like the Joker and uh, I'd like you to dress like Harley Quinn. And she's like, oh, do you want to go to like a Saints and Sinners ball? And you're like, oh, no, no, my fantasy is just like what they'd be like at home. So <laughs> I'd just like us to get dressed like them and then just like go to bed. Like not, not have sex or anything, just like have a... Junior can sleep on the bed. It's fine. I just want to see like what it'd be like if Joker and Harley Quinn had like a dog called Junior... I had a, f- a friend of mine told me a story last week about um, when he was a, a, a single, young single gay man on the Sydney scene and he met this dude, um, went back to his place and the guy, you know, they were fooling around and the guy said, um, do you mind if I wrap you up in bandages? And he was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, you know, kind of like a mummy. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And so this dude pulled out like this, you know, like first aid kit that was filled with wrap bandages and wrapped him from head to toe, like completely covered his head, completely covered his body till only like his penis was showing. And then they started having sex again. And he said after about like five minutes, he was like, Oh no, I haven't had a good time anymore. <laughs> Can we stop doing that please? It's like, at what stage do you get a mummy fetish? Like, what's sexy about that? Well, he wouldn't be the first gay man with mummy issues. It's 1985 hey. and I'm hosting a talk show. <laughs> Zabenga. Right? Am I here? Um, I, 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 you know what? I don't mind that. Like, because that's a really specific fetish. And it's kind of reasonably achievable. Like, it's one of those things where you can just be like, well, maybe the first time he got an erection or whatever, he was like watching a mummy movie or whatever. And he like just has those two things like, you know, kind of connected in his brain or something. I mean, the thing about those fetishes is they're so like, who knows what it was? Like, you know, the idea of, the funny the thing that is interesting about that is that it's the he's not the one like normally with those kind of stuff it's like can you wrap me in bandages or can you tie me up or can you do oh, this yeah, kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, right. But I mean his experience isn't really changing at all apart from the visual, I guess. It's not like a sensory thing for him. Yeah, actually that's a really good point, right? It's that the yeah. other person has to be dressed like a mummy. <laughs> Which makes it like, awkward, I imagine. Yeah. Normally it's like, hey, can I, I'm going to go to the other room and then you come back in and you're dressed like the mummy and you're like, this is my thing. But in this one, it's like, hey, I, I have these bandages. Are you sure it was a mummy? Maybe it was like a burn victim thing or something. Oh, it could have been. Well, I'm assuming it was a mummy thing, but uh, maybe it was. Like, it could be like a, 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 someone in traction. So if you were going to go, if that was your theme, if you're going to go as an erotic mummy... Would you get would that would that count? Because you're pretty much covered from head to toe except for your groin region. That would pass their erotic test, wouldn't it? Because it's kind of almost like skin tight. It's like you're wearing like spandex or something. Well, I guess yeah. If it's all skin tight wrapped around, but also the idea that all you need to do is unwrap one bit of it and you'd be naked. That's the that's the trick to your mummy outfit is the implication that if you just unbutton that one button on the shoulder, the whole yeah, thing would like, you know, come comes, apart. Huh? So. Yeah, you're talking. You know what? If the Tom Cruise film had been about that, 
I think I would have liked it a lot more <laughs> if it had just been like a kind of eyes wide shut type thing where it was Tom Cruise falling in love with a guy who was like, hey man, I'd really love it if I could just wrap you up in bandages. I think I would have liked it more. And I'll be honest, I think Tom Cruise would have liked it more as well. <laughs> Nowhere near the weirdest thing Tom Cruise has been involved in. So, he'd <laughs> be like... Photography and filming. Camera and video equipment will be confiscated at the door. Yep. You are not permitted to use cameras, smartphones, or any device to record anything inside the venue. So I guess podcasting's out. There goes, there goes our idea for Tofop Two Hundred from the Saint Live from the Saints and Sinners Ball. I mean, I would have thought as long as it's not a webcast. I think you could like if you were going to convince them to have any sort of like you know, project there. A podcast is the one where people could be anonymous. You're only getting like sounds in the background at worst. I wonder how Planet Broadcasting would feel about that if we call up, uh, you know, James and Claire and say, hey, we've got a sponsor for our 200th episode. The Saints and we're doing it live from the Saints and Sinners Ball. Hey, we we love the Weekly Planet. It's all about comic book characters. This event's also all about comic book characters. So (laughs) With no clothes on. (laughs) Devices will be confiscated and destroyed. Wow. Hang on, what? Okay. No. Yeah, devices will be confiscated and destroyed. And destroyed. Is that necessary? If it's, I can understand if it's found inside the place, but okay. if it is confiscated at the door, then it's all been taken care of, right? Yeah, at the door. At the door, it doesn't need to be destroyed, I wouldn't have hoped. No. Press and media are rarely admitted. Okay, so that, we're, we're, that rules us out. Yeah. Although, I mean, I'd hardly classify us as media professionals. You are. Well, here's what I would say. I reckon we could be in a, like a thing that's considered rarely. You know, it says rarely admitted. That means oh, that at some admitted. stage yeah, they yeah. would like admit someone and we might be the sort of someones they'd be like, you know, they might let us in as like a, it might be a rebranding <laughs> after like, you know, obviously they had the shooting at this one. They want to get like people, they want to kind of just like bring down the curtain on like what the Saints and Sinners is all about. It's just a fun night where adult people do adult things and maybe we'll just invite a podcast in. They can see what yep. it's like and they can talk about it on their podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, they actually give a bit more information for potential media coverage. So uh, you're, they're rarely admitted and you're only admitted if you are able to abide by the strict conditions imposed on staff photographers and videographers. If we do allow a media to attend the ball, you have bought tickets prior to being advised of this. We will happily offer you a full refund if you're unhappy with their presence. Okay, so that's for other people at the, at oh, the party. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Our staff and photographers and videographers have strict instructions to only film sinners with their full consent. In other words, you'll be asked before filming. Um, I wonder if we did like, if we did do it live from the Saints of Sinners Ball, would we, would we have to kind of, if we were interviewing people, like just sort of going around and just chatting to people and stuff and getting their points of view on why they chose to dress like Pluck a Duck or whatever, do you think they would need to disguise their voices? We'd have to get Mike Hal to do a bit of post kind of digital scrambling? Well, the first thing I think that we'd have to do is like, I don't think we could go around and do it. I think it'd be one of those sort of things that like, you'd have to be a bit more like just at the start. Hey guys, 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 before you get to the fucking. Um, <laughs> before you bring out the strippers and the erotic Guys, acts. Guys, Let's... just before the uh, erotic entertainment and then the uh, watching of Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Um, <laughs> just got a couple of announcements. Um, we have a couple of guys here from a podcast. What's a podcast? Well, it's kind of like a radio show, but... You can only get it on the internet. <laughs> That's exactly the, the next four hours is taken up with them explaining. Well, no, no, you, you can get it on iTunes, but you can also get it on your phone. It's, it's, no, it's not live. It's like the radio, but it's pre-recorded. No, you don't have to pay for it. No, it's for free. It's like for free. 
No, you don't. Like, you can just get it on your phone now. Do you want me to show you? Uh, we don't know. How do you make money from it? We No one knows oh, how to make no money from it. That, it it's it's one of the great money. mysteries. No, yeah. Anyway, we've got a couple of guys from a podcast here tonight. Um, they're not going to get in the way. They've just set up their podcast in the corner. But if at any stage uh, you want to go over and have a chat to them about the lifestyle, about anything that's going on, like they're available to do that. Uh, they have the capacity to change your voice or your identity if you need to uh, speak in anonymous conditions. Anyway, um... Have a great night. Uh, get to the fucking. Uh, everyone's costumes are fantastic. Uh, do, do you reckon that's how we do it? We set up a booth like it is like the big day out and we're the Triple J tent? Or do you think we, we roam? No, we don't roam. You, know, you let people come to us. We let people come to us so they're comfortable to share their stories. I don't want to intrude on their night. And secondly, I hope when they make the announcement, they go, they're over there in the corner. Uh, you can find them uh, tonight. They're dressed as Security Guard 69 and Pluck a Duck. <laughs> Uh, they have information to help interstate guests, but that's probably not that interesting. Single men and women. This is not relevant to us, oh, but yeah. uh, to, to anyone listening who may be interested in going. It may appear prejudiced, but single males are not invited to attend, regardless of whether they wish to come alone or with other guys or with couples. We are simply enforcing the repeated requests of our regular guests who are couples and single women. I mean, do you need a more damning indictment on like single men single straight men than this like no in that you moment be- you've some that that mission statement would apply to pretty much everything that's wrong with the world oh by the way yeah. we can't really say it but if we just let single men come here they're gonna ruin it they're gonna ruin it like they're saying and they they even like that they make they're quite kind of diplomatic about how they we are simply enforcing the repeated repeated yeah. requests of our regular guests. So there was a time where they did let those blokes in and they're like, you know what, guys? This is why you can't have nice things. This is why you can't have nice orgies. Yeah, this is why you can't have someone to come to this with. <laughs> Single women and groups of women are welcome. Yeah, of course. That makes that makes complete sense. Um, yeah, no, how many one people... want, no one wants underta- unattended men there. In fact, no. to be honest, even of the couples that go, you could lose a few men on the way in. Like if they really <laughs> wanted to make it a good night for everybody, they'd then cull, yeah. they'd get all the men and all the women, like the couples to come together, and then they'd cull a quarter of the men. And that would actually make it a much better night. I'd just turn it into Themyscira. Like just like 99.9% women and one dude is allowed in. Just one guy. Well, that, I think you can draw a name a whole, out of a hat. That's a whole other fantasy that you're having there, <laughs> How many people will be in attendance? Between 900 and 1,100 guests, whoa, what? at each party during the year and around 750 to 800 on New Year's Eve. That seems like a lot of sex. That's a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that's, I was thinking more like two to 300, but I mean, where, what's going on there? I, I, I mean, how many mops and buckets are you going to need after this event? I mean, again, how much is the ticket price? Have we worked that out yet? Have we found out how much uh, it costs? No. Michael, can you, uh, while I'm going through this, can you just find out how much a ticket is, please? Yeah, okay. I just want to know. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to guess. Do you want to have a punt? I'm going to say yeah. $300 a ticket. What are you going to say? $300? You know, what, you think that's too high? Oh, man. I was going to be way off. I was going to say like 120 Michael, if you could find a, a ticket price for us. And, and if there's like a VIP package, just bring all that up. Here we go. Oh, no, you're right. Admission tickets uh, for a couple is 110, single female 55. God, I, I would have thought this was more of a blue chip event. 
Yeah, no, the, 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 uh, it's, for a couple, it's 110, and a ticket that they've never had to sell for a single female is 55. <laughs> uh, the next ball. The date for the next ball can always be found on the calendar page. <laughs> this is a funny sentence. Balls are held in April. <laughs> That's when I love my balls being held, in April. And balls are sucked in June, so check our calendar, <laughs> depending on what your needs are. Tickets. The venue remains our secret for many reasons, including security. Because you know what's going to happen there is some creepy, one of these single guys that they don't let in. <laughs> if they find out where the venue is, he's there fucking planting bloody upskirting cameras and little little bloody cameras all over the place. So they can't let anyone know. Again, it's you guys. Stop, stop yeah, doing it. Or just like us. hiding himself in the venue like people do at the big day out. They go through the yeah. week before they construct it and then they just hide themselves <laughs> in the venue. <laughs> like that's what they do for this. So... I don't know. I think that whoever was writing this FAQ has started to have a bit of fun with it because, you know, they talk about holding balls in April. Now they say, we rigidly enforce security <laughs> up to and on the night for the comfort of all our saints and sinners. Rigidly. I've, that, that'd be one of my catchphrases if, as security guard 69. I rigidly enforce security. Well, I think actually if you and I were to attend, even though, you know, single guys can't go, but, you know, somehow we trick our partners into letting us go. We, our costume theme, you can be George Michael and I can be Andrew Rigidly. (laughs) (laughs) For whatever reason, your tickets do not arrive, then simply bring a driver's license or some form of identification. Security will check you against the invitation uh, based on your ID, blah, 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 blah. Refund policy, all tickets cancelled 21 days or more prior to the ball will be entitled to a full refund. If you've got less than 21 days, no refund. Bad luck. They've already booked, they've already booked the vats of lube. It's too late. It's too late. The Sinners Club. Membership entitles access to the full online catalogue of pitches and video plus ball ticket discounts, Saints and Sinners, <gasps> Saints and Sinners merch. I'm just clicking on that link. I wanted to know what you can get. Uh, future dates, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's into the FAQs. Do you want to have a look at some of this um, merch? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Where is it? Shop. DVD shop. Shop. T-shirt shop or just shop? Here we go. Um, oh, it's pretty uninspiring, really. It's just some compilation DVDs of... I mean, in your head, it always seems so much better. <laughs> and now I'm just looking at the covers of these DVDs and going... Oh, man. I mean, what it looks like is, it looks like a, a parent-teacher meeting that has gotten out of control. <laughs> it's like a fancy dress. <laughs> it's like a fancy dress. parent. But you know what? I will say that everyone appears to be having a good time. Like, everyone's smiling. Everyone's happy. It's very colourful. But, uh, oh, geez, that's graphic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say I could post a link, but I don't think I should. I think uh, uh, it'll probably be more offensive to people than, than Mike Hal's uh, latest missives <laughs> on our Facebook Oh, jeez, that's graphic. <laughs> wow, okay, here's a bizarre okay. bit of merchandise. Uh-huh. All right, I'm just going to send you the link to this because I think you need to see it so we can commentate okay. on it. Hang on, let me just copy that. Okay, just have a look at that. And... and you describe to our listeners what we're looking at. Okay. Uh, so, this is a... Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> wow. Interesting. So, <laughs> uh, now, the slogan underneath uh, says this. Bugger the bastard Bali bombers. We're your top in protest. 
the Aussie way of life's not going to change because of those cowards. So I've set the scene. Topical. And then there's a cartoon <laughs> of a guy called Pierre, Dirty Pierre. Dirty, Dirty Pierre. And he's got his uh, finger up, but he's wearing a yellow singlet uh, with a finger up on it also that says terrorists. Fuck them. Well, that's confusing when you are running the Saints and Sinners ball because is that a literal invitation? Yeah, and also, does that mean if I come to one of your balls dressed as a terrorist, who you're implying here is our sinners, is someone going to fuck me? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some mixed messages. But Will, you missed the most important part. Next to the uh, illustration of, of, of said singlet is a star that says it was voted the number one shirt of 2003. I mean, there are no sources cited for that fact, Charlie. That's what I'm saying. There doesn't seem to be, where did they survey? What sort of shirts were they surveying? Was it comedy shirts? Was it shirts about terrorists? Was it like, did this shirt beat shirts like, you know, that were on the Milan runways? Like, I mean, where's the evidence? Where does it come from? I mean, 2003, I feel like, like a WhatsApp or kind of something. There's got to be another T-shirt that was more popular in the year 2003. Who was on top of the charts in 2003? I bet you Limp Biscuit t-shirts outsold this singlet in 2003. I reckon it was, yeah. I mean, voted number one shirt of 2003. Like, not just t-shirt, number one shirt. I don't get that. I don't even realise there was shirt awards. I mean, I, I, oh, the shirties. You know the shirties. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, look, we're almost yep. at an hour. We've got some stuff to plug, so that should yep. take us out to, to round it. A nice, yes, a nice one hour of total. I, I also have to fucking, like, my standing up, Charlie, it's starting to drive me absolutely crazy. And uh, I've been standing up for an hour now, and it's, it's really, really annoying me. So I need to stop. Okay. All right, all right. Well, let's just quickly um, plug. Uh, we're doing a, a live TOEFOP, two live shows at the Opera House on September 15th and 16th. Um, I think there are tickets still available for the second show on the 16th. Um, we have some special guests. We can announce that John Deeks will be returning once again to the TOEFOP stage to be our master of ceremonies. And we should also have an off-air conversation about finding some other guests and thinking about what we're going to do with those shows. <laughs> Sure. Never really thought about that. I mean, it is funny when they ask us to sort of write the blurb for our shows and they say, so just tell us what's going to happen in the show. And that's when you and I go, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to you. We're we like students who, sorry, who cram. Guys, who, we didn't honestly think this was going to happen. So <laughs> we have done no we preparation. We have to actually think up some think up some guests and think up some things to do. But John Deeks is a confirmed guest, so that's very exciting. Deeksy, uh, 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 Deeksy came last time he uh, came to Sydney was for our TOEFOP 100, where he literally stole the show from us. So um, if you're a fan of ours and, and you're a fan of the live shows, then uh, Deeksy is going to be bringing his A game. Um, we've got some other special guests that we will book eventually off air. Um, and also, uh, if you've been on our Facebook page the last few days, you may have noticed Mike Hal. Uh, has been um, sending out some videos uh, thanking people for donating to his GoFundMe page. Um, that's to get Mike Hal out to the Sydney Opera House so he can be in the audience with all of you guys to, to see a show that he's worked on for a couple of years that he makes possible live on stage at a, Australia's most prestigious entertainment venue. Um, I think we're almost halfway there, but we could always do with some more money. So you can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Tofop dash Michael M I C H A L, um, and if there's any money you can give to to get Michael out here, that'd be that'd be fantastic.
Yes, and you can watch his videos on our Facebook page. Uh, some have compared them to the latest series of Twin Peaks. <laughs> they are they are long. I'll I'll give you. Make sure you've got some. Make make sure you've got some time and uh, and really just sort of sit back and and, and soak up soak the the Mike Halliness. You know what I I got the sense, Will. I feel like Mike Hall is becoming self-aware because yeah, I think so. I think that's what it as is. these as these videos rolled on, I feel like yeah. the the AI is slowly coming to terms with his emotions and his place in the world and and where he fits in amongst the Tofop universe. He's starting to question why he was even created. Well, Charlie, did you see that story? And it was actually about a bit of a miss, but about the Facebook had to shut down the AI because the computers started talking to each other in a language that the humans couldn't understand. <laughs> So yeah. it turns out that that's actually a bit of a myth, that story, because they were speaking, right. speaking in actually a very basic language. It wasn't like the computers were trying to, like, you know, disguise the fact that they were talking to each other and, you know, that sort of thing. But it goes straight into my theory that, you know, we're going to fight a robot war in about the next 10 years. And this is what it feels like with these Mike Hell videos. Feels a yeah. little like that robot is getting that sense of sentience. He's playing around with how it all works and what the meaning of life is. So I, I think you can probably yes. track in the future the start of the robot uprising probably to this podcast in the last week. Uh, you can also check out our website, tofop.com, which has links to this and other fantastic podcasts. You can also find us on the Planet Broadcasting website. Uh, it's one of Australia's most exciting new podcasting networks that we're very proud to be a part of. We are. Um, I, I believe you can listen to the latest Weekly Planet, which you're a guest on, which was very funny. I listened to it the other day. I'm talking about uh, the Batman, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, which is a topic that obviously I normally don't like to talk about too much, but for uh, a special occasion, <laughs> I was willing to offer some of my thoughts and I was polite enough to not talk too deeply about the day that Charlie and I nearly stopped becoming friends when he didn't like The Dark Knight Rises as much as I did. So Yeah, I, th I thought you showed tremendous restraint. I could hear the anger in your voice, but you did show restraint. I appreciate exactly. that. Exactly. I've tried to move on. Uh, you you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, well, how do we finish the show? Normally, I've completely forgotten. Oh, we haven't I done say... it for a little while. Oh, can I mention I've been doing a, yeah. a bunch of new Fofop episodes. So there's one with the dudes from the Weekly Planet, obviously. There's one with uh, Gareth Reynolds from the Dollop. There's one with uh, the guys from the Little Dum Dum Club. And there's going to be a brand new one with Andy Peters. And there's a couple of new episodes of Philosophy out there as well. And we have an AFL podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, if you like uh, that sort of thing in your life. So they're all um, out and about and available as well. Oh, and we'll be at the LA Podcast Festival, Charlie. We should mention that. Uh, yeah. that's going to be huge um, we do have guests confirmed for that one Jackie Cation Laura House Graham Elwood uh, Dave Gareth um, am I missing somebody anyway it's going to be a huge show it's um, we've got heaps of good guests Matt Kirshen um, oh that's right Matt Kirshen yeah uh, yeah that's about it okay I'm Charlie Clawson I'm Will Anderson <laughs>